Kalakanyapi bubuje, Puranjana Purambalat, Yabhi Bhuta Purusha, Sadyo Nisharatam Yat. Kala Kanya means the daughter of Kala. Who's Kala? Time. Yes. And so who's the daughter? I'm, yes, I know that's that's their name, but what, what, who, who do they represent? Old age? Yeah. Old age. Api means also. Bubuje means uh, took possession of. Puranjana Puram. Uh, Puram means, the Puram usually means like the city. Right? So the city of Puranjana. This is all, of course, a... Um, is it a metaphor? Prabhupada calls it... Uh, he calls it the figurative city of Puranjana in the purple. Uh, Balat means, like Bala, Balaram. Strength, yes, by force. Yaya means by whom. Abhibhuta means being overwhelmed. Uh, Purusha. Man or person? Yeah, person. Yeah, men or persons, generally. Sadhya means immediately. Uh, nisharatam means uselessness. And iyat means gets, acquires. Gradually, translation, gradually, Kalakanya, with the help of dangerous soldiers, attacked all the inhabitants of Paranjana city and thus rendered them useless for all purposes. So listen to the purport, because I may ask you some questions from the purport. Mm. At the fag end of life, when the invalidity of old age attacks a man, his body becomes useless for all purposes. Therefore, Vedic training dictates that when a man is in his boyhood, he should be trained in the process of brahmacharya. That is, he should be completely engaged in the service of the Lord and should not in any way associate with women. When the boy becomes a young man, he marries between the ages of 20 and 25. When he is married at the right age, he can immediately beget strong, healthy sons. Now female descendants are increasing because young men are very weak sexually. A male child will be born if the husband is sexually stronger than the wife, but if the female is stronger, a female child will be born. Thus it is essential to practice the system of brahmacharya if one wishes to beget a male child when one is married. When one reaches the age of 50, he should give up family life. At that time, one's child should be grown up so that the father can leave the family responsibilities to him. The husband and wife may then go abroad to live a retired life and travel to different places of pilgrimage. When both the husband and wife lose their attachment for family and home, the wife returns home to live under the care of her grown-up children and to remain aloof from family affairs. The husband then takes sannyas to render some service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is the perfect system of civilization. The human form of life is especially meant for God-realization. If one is unable to take to the process of Krishna consciousness from the very beginning of life, he must be trained to accept these principles at the fag end of life. Unfortunately, there is no training even in childhood, nor can one give up his family life even at the end. 
This is the situation with the city of Paranjana, figuratively described in these verses. Oma jnana timrandasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshur unmilitam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha. Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam stapitam yena bhutale swayam rupa kadamayam dadati svabilantikam. Panchakalpa tarupyascha kripasindubhyevacha patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavibhyo namunamaha. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Garadhar Shivasari Gaur Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So we know Prabhupada said that it's hard to say who's old. Why is that? Because you could die at any time. Right, right. Still, you know you're old when, for example, the candles cost more than the cake. Right? That's, one, that's one way of judging that you're old. If you get a birthday cake and the candles are more expensive than the cake itself, it's, uh, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> you're, you're definitely getting old. There's no, place, there's no room, right? <laughs> right? Or if you get the daily newspaper and you turn to the obituaries, and if you see your name is not there, and that really makes your day, <laughs> that means you're, uh, you're also getting old. <laughs> um, so here, there's, there's a number of things being described. Um, but one thing that catches my attention as I read this is that there's, there's different responsibilities um, and different duties to be performed at different stages in our lives. And not only, not only are there more different duties and different responsibilities, but there's a, uh, that's based on the fact that we have a different mindset in, in, in different aspects of our, of our lives. There was a book written, um, I believe it was in the early 80s. It was called Passages. And it was written by a lady who, um, uh, she, she wrote about how the, the different mentalities of someone in their 20s, someone in their 30s, someone in their 40s, someone in their 50s. I don't know if she went beyond 50. I can't. I don't. Maybe she wasn't beyond 50 herself. Um, but but even you know even this person you know gave some clear understanding that there, there's different uh, ways of thinking. You know we quoted um, uh, Mark Twain the other day, right? Where, you know where he said that when he was 16 his parents didn't know anything, and when he was 25 he, he was amazed at how much they learned in nine years. You know. Um, so you know we have. Um, and the, Ved- and the Vedas discuss this. They even talk about child rearing, right? That the first five years uh, of a child's life, what are you supposed to do? Spoil them, right? Yeah, you know, just let them do whatever they want. Well, within limits, you know. Um, but yes, and then from five to 16, discipline, usually becoming a little bit more stricter as the years go on. And then after 16, friendship. Right, so this is of course this is the Vedas. This is Chandigya Pandit, but uh, but the, you know. So the point is that Vedic culture uh, recognized that there's you know um, different shlokes for different folks. You know that, that 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 at different times in your life there's there's different things that that one emphasizes. And so here also, so here for example, Srila Prabhupada is is. Is talking about you know relatively not super but relatively early marriage, right? He says men twenty to twenty-five. How many of you unmarried men are between twenty and twenty-five? 
okay. <laughs> They're like, mm, you know. Um, <clears throat> and why does he recommend that? Well, there, you know, there's, there's a reason for it. Um, one of the reasons he gives here is practical, that when you're 50, then your children are around 25, right? And they're kind of, like I have, a, my son has just turned, uh, no, not just turned, he's almost 19 now, because I, I kind of, uh, I didn't follow this, basically. <laughs> uh, I got married when I was 30, and I think I was 33 when my son was born. Um, but even now, you know, so I'm almost, I'm 51, and, you know, my wife and I have what they call in the West an empty nest. We only have one child, and he's he's on his own. I just spoke to him a few minutes ago, but, you know, he's he's... You know, to a large extent, on his own, um, making his own money and, uh, you know, making a lot of decisions on his own. Of course, he consults with us sometimes when he's in a good mood. Um, but, but, but the point is that, you know, if, um, if I live another 20 or 30 years, I, there's a lot of freedom in, in my life. I'm not tied down. To, you know, my wife is in South Africa. She's preaching right now. I'm here in Radhadesh and and uh, she's flying back to India and then flying to America, and I was in China, you know, so we have a lot more freedom to do things that we um, want to do, hopefully in Christian service, you know, because, because, of, uh, because of this situation. So there, there's, there's some, you know, there's some wisdom to this. Not that it has to be, you know, like, you know, if Nehemiah, if you marry when you're 26, you're in total Maya, you've neglected Prabhupada's instruction, you're bogus, you know. It's not, it's not like that, but, but these guidelines... You know, there, there's some, uh, there's, there's some uh, wisdom behind it. Um, and a culture, you know, one of, one of the things that ISKCON struggled with, I think I mentioned this in the last class, is that we were all, young, we were all kids when, uh, when Prabhupada left us. You know, I think, you know, the oldest devotee was like 35. Um, when Prabhupada left. And so we didn't have elders. As Jayadwaita Maharaj said, the biggest, one time he said, I think in the 90s or the 80s, he said, the, big, the biggest thing missing in ISKCON is grandmothers. You know, grandmothers are wise, you know, people who've been there and done that. Um, and they can, they can, you know, give a lot of good information. Now, one of the, one of the big problems with society today is that in a lot of mo- you know modern society that's been fueled by technology older people aren't aren't seen so much as uh, aren't looked to for wisdom because so much of wisdom is based on things like technology right so you know if your grandfather doesn't know how to use an iPad you know what's what, what, you know why why should we talk to him about anything in life right you know, if he doesn't know the difference between an Apple and, a, uh, um, you know, a Mac and a PC, and he thinks, you know, Vista is as good as Windows 7, I mean, the guy's an idiot, right? He, you know, how can we listen to anything he says? You know, he, he thinks Vista's okay. That's so, as my niece would say, that's so 10 minutes ago. <laughs> you know, uh, <clears throat> but the Vedic, but that's, that's not very, very unfortunate. That's very unfortunate because uh, um, a, a, a civilization is so much based on, on, you know, should be based on wisdom. And wisdom comes, at least to some extent, 
with with uh, with age. Not not totally. You can be, you know, as my my wife would say, Egypt, and be old. Anyone know what an Egypt is? Egypt, E E J I T. It's it's an Irish thing for idiot. My wife's Irish, so when she gets upset at me, I. <laughs> I've been called an Egypt a few times in my life. <laughs> so I know the, what the word means. I had to look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> oh, <okay>. uh, <clears throat> so people can be Egypts in their old age. But uh, if, if they, especially if they followed a religious path and lived a pious life, you know, you gain, uh, you gain wisdom. You know? And you do see, for example, when you get... Elderly, as this verse is talking about, there's an as a there's an end game, as they say. You know, there's uh, there's you know, it ends because sometimes I, I mean when we're 20 and 25, we kind of think, you know, we, we strut, and when we get older, we crawl, <laughs> so to speak. You know what strutting is? No. Emma, do you know what strutting is? Can you can you strut please for everyone? Just, just for a second, just from there to here. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Very good. That's strutting, and you don't uh, you don't strut into Vaikuntha. You don't strut into Vaikuntha. You know, Jai and Vijay say, "Whoa, where you know?" Um, you crawl. So, you know, when elders, you know, when, you know, an elder sees a 25, you know, I'm going to take over, we're going to take over the world, we're going to do that, and they say, oh, very nice, that's very good. Down, boy, you know. Um, that's very good. You know, let's channel that enthusiasm in, in, in the proper way. So, um, there are different priorities at different stages in our lives. And here Srila Prabhupada is saying that there's, that, um, now, well, there's two things that are going on uh, in parallel lines in this purport. There's the different stages of life and the different duties and responsibilities. And then, on, and then going on in a parallel line is the uh, um, uh, constant need for developing self-realization in Krishna consciousness. And that, that remains constant as, as, as we go from you know, birth um, to growing... Uh, existing, producing offspring, well, actually, it should be going down, uh, producing offspring, old age, and death. But that can't, the other, but the spiritual um, necessity remains the same. Srila Prabhupada writes that this is the perfect system of civilization. The human form of life is especially meant for God-realization. If one is unable to take to the process of Krishna consciousness from the very beginning of life, he must be trained to accept these principles at the fag end of life. So, Always, there's this. Um, there, you know, there's a uh, spiritual. There should be a spiritual dimension to our consciousness. It may be um, uh, the fire may be turned up a bit, uh, both in our early training as brahmachari in brahmacharya, brahmacharini, and in our later stage when we're approaching death, right? And then in the middle, you know, we may be somewhat more entangled. Or, well, engaged, let's use that word, entangled as such a negative connotation, engaged in the world. Uh, Prabhupada uses the word here, family responsibilities. Right? And that, we know what that means for those of us who have them. You know, it means you've know, you got to pay your bills on time. And you know, the, that, uh, 
you know, the children need education and, and you know, there's all kinds of things that, that, that go on that, um, you know, aren't exclusively harinam anukirtanam, right? In the Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada mentions that a brahmacharya's duty is simply harinam anukirtanam. When we were brahmacharis, remember being a brahmacharis? Uh, when we were brahmacharis, we were only concerned about three bags. Our sleeping bag, our book bag, and our japa bag. That was it. <laughs> and we used to have a competition, you know, that all of your, in America, apple crates come about this big. And so we had to make sure all of our possessions fit in that apple crate. Right? Two dhotis, two kurtas, some clothes for sangratan. If you're lucky, maybe a razor blade. <laughs> you know, soap was optional, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it was, you know, it was a great, it was a great uh, training. It was a great training in, in devotional life, um, and in just dedicating oneself fully to the service of the Lord. Um, <clears throat> so that, and and by doing that, by having that early training, that carries on. Right? Like we have Rupa Sanatana Prabhu here, so he's just got married, right? Congratulations, Mazel Tov. And, uh, and he had so much brahmacharya training. So now that he has this big distraction, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, he has a, uh, a wonderful wife who had similar training, then that, that will carry on. You know, even when, you know, like now Dina Dayal Prabhu and Anupa Mamataji, they're going to have a child, and that takes... Uh, you know, so much energy, especially from the mother's side when the child is young. But because, but by, because of that early training, you know, one doesn't just go boing and, and you know, kind of go off the spiritual deep end. But one, you know, uh, remembers that, that uh, even that happened to Ajamil, right? You know, he, at one point he remembered, he got pretty distracted, actually. Right? He got, you know, distracted. But there was a time... Uh, very at end of his life, where he remembered that training. So it's, so it's. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday in um, our class on social issues. That for one, that we were talking. There was an interview we had with Yogeshwar Prabhu, very nice devotee. And he, let's just you know make a long story short. He deals a lot with the outside world. He's a professor at a university. He writes um, books. Uh, he wrote a book on. Um, some terrible things that happened around World War II. Uh, well, he wrote about the Holocaust. He wrote about uh, what uh, the Japanese did to Chinese people. So he's, you know, he's, he's written a book about George Harrison. He edited um, Radhanath Swami's book. Um, and he can deal, seems, it seems from the interview that he can deal very comfortably with, the outs, with, you know, with all different kinds of settings. But the students mentioned that he could probably do that because he had such nice training as a brahmachari, uh, and he had so much association personally with Srila Prabhupada, and, and that, that, and if one didn't have that, they, some of the uh, devotees in the class felt that he wouldn't be able to be so comfortable both with his Krishna consciousness and with his uh, dealings outside. Right? That was kind of our conclusion yesterday. At least one of them. Right? Gauri. Yeah. So, um, so that early that that training is very helpful. So those of us who are living in the ashram, it's, it's such an advantage, it's such a... Um, Prabhupada gives the example of the uh, Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And he says that, uh, why do you have a Chamber of Commerce? 
right? It's, you know, it's usually a group of people, businessmen who get together because that association uh, strengthens them. So, you know, we're living in the ashram and we're, uh, and we're associating with other people who are dedicated to the spiritual master's service and, and, and the deity's service. It, it's, uh, it's very strengthening. It's very enlivening. And, it, it, you know, one, one remembers that one's whole life. Another point to make here is, uh, you know, Srila Prabhupada says, the, well, let's, before we get to that last point, let's, um, let's talk about this you know, semi-controversial point. Anyone know which one it was? Anyone listen to the purport? Yes. Yeah, what kind of children? Well, there's usually two choices. Right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, <clears throat> What's that? Well, <laughs> generally not. Um, why would, why in the Vedic culture was a male child desi- uh, desired. It's probably says here a male child. It doesn't mean you have to have only male child. But why did someone want a male child? For, okay, for performing the rituals, the funeral, right? You know, all the different. Okay, that's part of it. Yes, because in the Vedic culture, mainly men do that. Yes, uh, Alaka. Right. So the yes. So the yes. So the son would take care of the mother. Yes. I keep telling my son. You know, there will be payback time. (laughs) Get a good job, make a lot of money, because you're going to take care of your mom, and she likes expensive things. (laughs) No, she's she's not like that. Actually, that's not true. (laughs) All these ladies, they're like that, (laughs) but she's not. What else? Well, what's the name for a son in Sanskrit? Putra. What does putra mean? Yeah, one who delivers. Right. Right. So you see, in the in, in the tradition, and, and it's, it was in, um, that traditionally, as one feminist who kind of became uh, who, who started seeing things a little differently, she wrote that traditionally. Um, Transcendence was a male project. That was her term. Uh, Rivina Superbu talks about this in his class. Why? Because, uh, you know, it wasn't because, um, you know, her point was, at least, that the female body, it's very much grounded to, to, to the here and now. Right? When, they, when a person takes care of a child, it's not that you can just be spacing out reading the Bhagavad Gita when your child's crying. Um, right? You know, that you really you have to very much deal with that, uh, with that child. And also, you know, on a, on a cyclical basis every month, it, the woman is reminded almost that, you know, that her body is meant in certain ways, you know, for, for uh, producing offspring. Of course, on the positive side, Prabhupada said that the closest thing to love in this world is? Mother's love for their child. Well, daughter also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A mother's love for uh, her daughter or son. Yes. But, you know, so the, the male contribution to the reproductive process is a short one, whereas the woman carries a child for nine months and is, is certainly the first provider of breast milk and all those things. Um, now, has that changed? Now, also, the, the, you know, therefore, the, the, the male was traditionally the breadwinner 
right? He'd be out in the fields or, or, or whatever, you know, um, depending on uh, his varna, um, while the woman was taking care of the family. And he had to, you know, uh, be the breadwinner. Now, has, have things changed? I mean, we could say they, they, they certainly have. Um, you know, w women make, you know, in, well, it's still not a parity, but women have, uh, are, every year it seems to get closer that women make as much money as men, although in the world today that's not, uh, it's still not equal. Um, and certainly in our society, in this con, we have women who are temple presidents. We, ha we just, there was just a new uh, lady added uh, last year to the GBC. Mm -hmm. And probably quite soon, uh, women there'll be a women guru, right? So it's you know it's taken. Um, so it, it, does it always apply? Well, you know, um, when, this is not a sociology class; it's a Bhagavatam class. But uh, one one could say that you know, in in a on a spiritual level, uh, the, these differentiations. Aren't as aren't as prevalent <clears throat> as they were in 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 previous ages. So the final point is the human form of life. Prabhupada writes is especially meant for God realization. So, um, or let's let's read that again. The human form of life is especially meant for God realization, because that probably is more of the mood that Prabhupada wrote this in. You know, his his purports um, they 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 drive home the purpose of life so strongly again and again and again. That one sentence could keep a person going for years, right? If you just you just if we just understood that one sentence, the human form of life is especially meant for God realization. You know. And, and Prabhupada had such an urgency. Now, you know, we could, we could try to ascribe things like, well, he was elderly, he understood these things, but, you know, our understanding of Srila Prabhupada wasn't on that level, that he, he was, you know, an emissary from the spiritual world, and, um, you know, his realizations are so deep. And it's hard for us to have such deep realizations. You know, it's hard for us, like, you know, to be at war, to be at, like, you know, how, how many years have you been a devotee, Prabhu? In this con, you know, because you're going to say, no, I'm not a devotee yet. You know, with the whole, you know, 34 years. It's hard to be at war with Maya for 34 years. You know, sometimes you want some peace. <laughs> you know, right? War, you know, it's like wars, you know, because that is a metaphor we use a lot in this con, right? Like, you know, f you, know, we're, you know, it's a declaration of war on the material energy. Sometimes, you know, it's not, you want to just kind of put up the white flag. <laughs> okay, you know? Right, or you don't necessarily want to put up the white flag and just give in to, you know, you know um, whatever. But that sense of urgency, and, and it's not an easy thing to maintain day in and day out, year in and year out. Um, and so what a challenge Prabhupada gives us in his purports, when, you know, because he, you know, he had this vision of eternity. And therefore he could easily say, What's the problem? Just give this one life to Lord Chaitanya. And we're thinking, <laughs> you know, right? But for him, he, you know, he actually understood how many lifetimes we've lived. You know, and, and, um, and, and when he says, Janma mrityu jaravyadhi dukkha doshanu darshanam, that one sees 
the, the, the wise person sees uh, the ills of birth, death, disease, and old age, he, you know, he deeply understood what it means to be a conditioned soul and trapped in a body. And what a great gift he's giving us by uh, giving us the opportunity to serve uh, Shishi Radha Gopinath. Hmm. So that's, that is a challenge for us. And we were, you know, even talking about that a little bit, I think, at the very end of class yesterday in our, in our um, Bhaktivedanta College class, that uh, different devotees deal with this in different ways. You know, someone like Yadunandan Swami, he's dealt with it by, you know, he's such a saintly person, and he's, dealt with, he, he's living this life on, on a day-to-day basis. You know, he's, he's made that, you know, especially by taking sannyas, he's made that declaration of, of war, you could say. Um, some of us might find, let's say, Krishna-conscious ways to chill out. You know, like, like for example, my, I was telling the students yesterday, my wife likes to write poetry. So she writes, you know, Krishna conscious poetry. And that's a way for her to, you know, express which, you know, her, her, her you know, um, human needs for expression and, and creativity and her interest in liter, liter, uh, a literary life. But, it, you know, it's dovetailed in, in, in Krishna consciousness, you know. For a lot of people, it's just, you know, kirtan or bhajans, you know. But somehow find ways that... Um, and it doesn't seem so much like a war, but it's also not giving into the material energy. Um, that might be that may be uh, helpful for us. But in somehow or other, yena kena prakarya manasa krishna nirveshya. Somehow or other, we need to find the ways to fix our mind on Krishna because it shouldn't. I was just, I remember a class by Dave and Maharaj years ago in uh, in India, and and he was just talking about. It. He said, you know, Krishna consciousness shouldn't be a struggle. It shouldn't be like, you know, okay, Hare Krishna, you know, I've got to chant my rounds today, Prabhu, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I don't like it, but I'm going to do it, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, you know. It, 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 it's, not, you know, Radha Gopina is beautiful. Prasadam is wonderful. The devotees' association is, is attractive. The holy name is ecstatic. You know, it, it, we need to um, find the way to make Krishna consciousness in our hearts something, you know, really uh, that we want to do, that we're greedy to do. Actually, ultimately, uh, Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavati Mati Kriyatam Yena Kutopi Labhyate Tatra Loyam Apimulyam Ekalam. Right? That it should be uh, a Loyam. There should be, a, is that, did I get that right? That verse? Yeah, Sanskrit scholar here, gotta be careful. <laughs> uh, um, we should have that greed, and that comes from being attracted, and we should be attracted. So, some questions, comments? Gorahari Prabhu. The older people who have messed up their life in this con? <laughs> What's that? We were, yes. As you can see, some of us are getting older, but yeah. Like child. Mm. Yeah. 
Right. Well, um, it's true that people, you know, Srila Prabhupada would, would be so, um, what's the word, sad in his compassion when he saw elderly people, you know, in America at least they play shuffleboard, you know, or, you know, I don't know, um, what do they do in Europe? Watch television. Yeah, right. Yeah. What else? Pétanque. It's French. Right. So that's that's uh, that's sad, right? But you know, even people who are like that, if you get them at the right time and you ask them the right question, sometimes you can draw things out of them that they're not asked a lot, and therefore, you know, that that part of their life has become like atrophied. You know, sometimes you can get, you know, as as Chanakyapan, you know, so even from a non-devotee, you know, as Chanakyapan, you know, you can take gold from a dirty place. You can get some interesting things if you ask the right questions to people. And you, uh, and of course, much even more so with their devotees. But, you know, old age in itself, on the other side, because there's always, yeah, buts, right? <laughs> so Prabhupada did say that um, uh, Jesus lived, what, 33 years? All right, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how many? Forty-eight. Right, and I think also Sankaracharya. Very. So, it's not you know, the duration of your life that counts as much as what you do with it, uh, or as a nice thing. You know, Peter Burwash. Um, he said a nice thing once. He actually, he wrote a book. I can't remember what it, what it was, but he was going to at one time he was going to name it. Uh, Something like the significance of the dash. You know what a dash is? Like a hyphen? So like I was born 1958. And so eventually, hopefully it'll say, you know, I don't know, 19, 2035. Is that hope, wishful thinking? You know, whatever. You know, then there's a dash in between. So his point was the important thing is the dash. Not when you died, not when you were born, not when you died, but what you did during the dash. And it is like a dash. It's like, boing, you know. I still feel uh, and think, no, I still think, not feel, like a 19-year-old. That's when I kind of, you know, I joined a little earlier. But, yeah, you know, but, uh, but the body doesn't work in the same way. <laughs> but, you know, you probably mentions that you still feel young even when your body gets old. Not feel, but you think. So we, um, we should use our time carefully. So uh, you, there often is some wisdom even if it's just, this world stinks, Prabhu. You know, because people often get quite bitter when they get old, right? That, that can be, um, that's like probably a more common than not thing, right? That one, um, did, did, you know, one had dreams, they didn't come true. One had aspirations, and those aspirations they weren't successful at. Even if they got them, they, they come to the realization, you know, like, um, so what? Right? Like they say, right, I climbed the ladder of success only to find that it was leaning against the wrong wall. Right? So that happens a lot. You know, they, they, you know and, and those are people you can get some wisdom. They say, okay, so I got a Mercedes, I got a big house, I got... Now what? Right? Prabhupada wrote about that in his... Uh, he wrote that very long and very deep poem in Vrindavan. Was it Vrindavan Meditations? Is that what it was called? 
And he says, you know, all that's left of all that family work is a list of names. Hmm? So, so we, you know, so we should try to live our life now so that we're not thinking, oh, what an Egypt I was. Right? So that we don't lament. Uh, and of course, we also see Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his, um, is that mainly Sh- Sharanagati? Where he's lamenting about, uh, about his past. Good question. Is that all right? Other questions? Yes. And, you know, there's different levels of old age also. You know, my, my mother um, had dementia. I'm hoping I don't get it. Some people think I already have it. <laughs> dementia is um, when you um, can't remember a lot of stuff, basically. Your mental um, prowess becomes less and less senile. You become senile. So in, for my mother, it worked out well because... She didn't know where she was, so we moved her to Brindavan. <laughs> seriously, seriously, she, you know. And she lived at the MVT, if you know, that's a very nice, nice place uh, in Brindavan. And uh, she moved there. She moved in with us, basically. I mean, just next door. And then she passed away in Brindavan Dam, which is, you know, considered very auspicious for, for someone. Um, and she, we would chant Hare Krishna. I would say, Mom, Hare Krishna. And she'd go, Hare Krishna, what's that? <laughs> and then I'd just go, Mom, Hare Krishna. So we would just do that for like an hour. You know, Mom, Hare Krishna. You know, like that. So she was uh, chanting. But that, you know, that is at a certain stage. And of course, is also being in a wheelchair is, is a very uncomfortable thing. Um, and then when it really gets bad, needing assistance for just bodily functions, like eating or passing or things like that, you know, it can get... Uh, it's no fun. And that's why it's a klesha. Janma mrityu jiravyati. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a klesha. It's a, it's one of those proofs that the material world is not a fun place. But what we do in this, in, in this culture is, I don't know about Europe, but especially in America, is there, you know, those people, they have nursing homes, they're called. Or assisted living is the uh, euphemistic term, right? Assisted living. Um, used to be called old age home. Now it's assisted living. And you know, my mom, my mom was in one of those places before she moved to to Brindavan. And that's you know that's a reality. But they're kind of tucked away. You don't see them so much. What you see in the billboards is some you know nice young man or nice young lady and you know Gatorade and you know and, and all those things. But you don't. But to the uh, you know, or even if it, like in the West, right, if there's a car accident and something really terrible happened, um, you know, it's cleaned up in a half hour. 
right? The tow trucks come, you know, if there's blood, it's, it's hosed down and, you know, it's like never existed. Whereas in India, we know, you know, sometimes it's there for days or hours. And, you know, you see this, you drive, drive to Delhi and you see this smashed up truck or something like that. You just wonder what happened to the driver. Not that that's good necessarily, but you do see, oh, you know, <laughs> champ it around on the way to Delhi. So, so a lot of these things are, you know, they're um, cosmetically um, cleansed, and and we're very much a culture of youth, and uh, and that's not exactly reality. Other points? Imai. I'm just repeating because you're talking so softly. Bhakti Vinod Thakur is lamenting about life, yes? So we really need to, we can repent too much, yes. That's a, that's, you know, a slightly different thing, but since you asked, I'll, um, what happens sometimes is one of Maya's tricks, okay, is let's say you do something wrong, right? Like we were joking in our class. It's not true, but we were joking that uh, Braja Biharini was smoking dope. You know, we were just, that was our, just our joke, and we, we kept that going for a little while. Is she here? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, don't tell her I said that. Um, anyway, you do something wrong, okay? And one of Maya's tricks is, because, well, Prabhupada mentions, I think it's in this canto, fourth canto, he says that for a sincere soul... Um, repentance comes naturally, right? If you're not sincere, you say, oh, so what's a little dope? Who cares? You know, tough luck. Don't give me a heart, you know. Get off my case, Prabhu, right? But a sincere soul feels bad about doing something wrong. Um, but there can, one of Maya's tricks is that we can meditate on that. Oh, I shouldn't have smoked dope. I shouldn't smoke dope. I shouldn't smoke dope. Smoke dope, smoke dope. And what you meditate what you meditate on, you desire. So sometimes you can get so much in the lamentation mode about something that you're meditating on it. Right? So there does come a time when you say, okay, I shouldn't have done that. I blew it. There's no prayaschitta in Krishna consciousness, right? There's no, you know, the, the, there's no... There's no material, okay, you know, so you, you know, do 500 Hail Marys to make up for that or something. No, just, well, you know, just get on with devotional service. And that is the, the cure, the prayaschitta, right? So lamenting, yes, but to a point, because it can get very tamasic and, and meditating on that uh, thing that you're lamenting about. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, of course, when Bhaktivinoda Thakur is doing it, it's, you know, He's setting an example for us. On that happy note, we will end this class. Srila uh, Prabhupada ki jai, Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai.